So this week and next week, we're going to be talking about how to build this kind of community. What can we do to help build this community? Also, just to take note, there are some things that we can do that will actually kill this kind of community. The thing that we want the most. I just keep thinking about that scene from like Tommy Boy when he's in the restaurant with the little roll and he's like, this is my little pet and I love my pet. And then I just totally killed it. I, I wanted to put that picture up on the screen, but you got a skeleton hand instead. Um, we we want to talk about what we can actually do because there's things that you can actually do to help or to hurt this process along being a part of God's community here in this family. But before we talk about what we can do kind of specifically, there is one thing that we always have to start with. This is where we always begin, and it's with what Jesus says. This is what we're committed to. We don't want to go on good strategy or ideas or feelings. We want to go on what Jesus says. And this idea of community, of the family on mission, is his idea. This is his church. This fall, we've got some plans, but it's really his call what happens with us at the end of the year here. How many of you, as Ryan and Annie are kind of running through this list of things that are going on, we're just super excited that there's like a plan in place. Now we're ready to like jump in. I'm like, you got your calendar out. You're just totally on board with this. How many of you, as Ryan and Annie were brilliantly moving us through the calendar for the rest of the year, just had this like anxiety growing inside of you? Like, this is a lot. And that means like a lot of people and a lot of stuff. And I don't know. There's actually, I believe, like a low-grade hum of uncertainty and anxiety in all of us. What we've just experienced is essentially a reality check of 2020 that we have some ideas, we have some plans, we have some desires, and then things can change. Things that we didn't expect or plan on can actually come and bump up against our brilliant plans that we hold. Some of you have probably seen some of these memes. You've got like some, some fear because you have some plans for the fall, and then the Delta variant also has some plans for the fall. There's some really great, amazing memes. We'll just scroll through them. The last one's kind of savage. Ah, okay, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. We, we all have some plans and ideas and hopes for the fall. And I just want to say, like, what we put in front of you this morning, I mean, it, we, we worked hard to make it look pretty. Obviously, Ryan and Annie worked hard to present it in a way that says we, we have a lot of joy in following Jesus doing these things. I want to just say, this isn't flippant. Like, we didn't just look to fill a bunch of stuff on your calendar. That's not what we're after. What we're after is giving options and opportunities to actually be discipled and actually go on mission together with Jesus. That's what we're doing. And I can confidently stand behind what's in front of you and say, we've got some really great plans. I can stand behind these things and say, we can accomplish what I think Jesus wants us to accomplish through some of these things. I can also stand up here confidently and say, I have no idea what the future holds. I don't know what's ahead. We're making our best effort to make plans, 
but we've actually never known what the future holds. We, we tend to like work really hard to like predict and think through possible scenarios and just kind of plan and be prepared for anything that could come our way. And the Bible actually says that planning is wise. It's wise to do that. Scheduling is stewardship. And counting the cost is really biblical, and it is worship. It is faithfulness. However, we can get into this over-planning mode, some of us. And it can actually just be a huge attempt to preserve and save the life that we really want to have. In counting the cost, we can actually attempt to manipulate and control anything and anyone that would come our way so it doesn't create too much of an uncomfortable circumstance. And in planning, we can actually begin to foolishly think that God or other people are respecters of our plan and like they don't have a plan as well. Proverbs 19.21 says this, Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. The message says it like this. We humans keep brainstorming options and plans, but God's purpose prevails. That's why we, as a community here, Radiant Church, we are learning to hold it all lightly. We're not holding it loose like it's not important. We're holding it lightly. As to say to God, you get the final say. We're making plans. It's wise to do this. We don't just want to throw things to the wind and say, oh, if God wills it. We want to hold these plans loosely and lightly and say, if God wills it, this is what we're doing today. If God wills it, this is what we're doing this fall. As a church plant, we, we, uh, we've been doing this for four years now this summer. We moved here because God gave us a dream and stirred something in many of us that he wanted to plant this church here in this community. And ever since that, four years ago, any date we've put on the calendar has gotten pushed and messed with. Any plans that we've made, any strategy that we've had has just totally got screwed with. In fact, any venue, when we decided, hey, you know what, let's open up, invite people into this what God's calling us to do, every venue we went to was already taken. I'm talking 24, but we went and knocked on to try to find a place. And then when we finally got situated, settled in, come on in, this is what God's doing, a pandemic hit. God has taught us a lot over these last four years, and he's not done teaching us. One thing that he's taught us continuously, and this is going to be the lesson for you if, if you're new around here, is to remain flexible. Remain flexible. Because if you hold rigid to this life or your plans, you can snap at any moment. I believe that we can actually really build community this fall. I believe that we can see what's in God's heart come to fruition here in this place, in your life in my life. And I believe there's actually a way that we can do this that is pandemic proof. It doesn't matter what comes our way. I believe that this is possible. And I believe it's possible not by following a program, but by following a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. This is our plan that is pandemic proof. We follow and obey everything that Jesus says. The reality is Jesus has never called us to a life 
that we can live, or Jesus, is, Jesus actually called us to a life that we can live in any situation, in any circumstance. What Jesus has called us to do in this church is the same thing that he's calling the church in Afghanistan to do. Do you hear me? God's plan works in every scenario, in every culture, in every situation, in every human heart. It does not bend. It does not change. It works all the time. Plans change. Programs change. One thing remains. The love of God found in Christ Jesus. The only way to really pandemic-proof our fall or our life is to say yes to Jesus' invitation to follow him. It's to say yes to what he commands us to do with our life. See, Jesus isn't just like the Cheesecake Factory menu with like loads of options. Like, what do you want to do? What do you want to eat? What do you feel like? He has very specific commands and directions for our life. And we can actually work those things out in every season, in every circumstance of our life. I want to just, this isn't going to be a long message. I just felt stirred to fix our eyes on just two of the commands that Christ gives us. As we step into the fall, as we step into whatever is in front of us, I want us to just stabilize ourselves on these two commands of Jesus for us. And it's this, out of Matthew 16, come after me. And John 15, remain in me. Come after me, and remain in me. Matthew 16, 24 to 26, then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? Jesus' invitation is really simple and clear. Follow me, deny yourself, die to yourself, and gain true life. This is it. Following Jesus always starts with a desire, like you've got to want to do it. You don't just accidentally start following Jesus. It starts with a desire. I want what this man has. I want to see what he's saying come to fruition in my life. It, we could start in like little desire or major desire. We could start in all kinds of situations, but every road leads down this one path. Deny yourself, die to yourself. Gain true life. This is not like a timeshare that Jesus is trying to sell us on, like life with him, following him. Like, this isn't in the fine print in the back that we didn't know we got locked into. This is right on the front of the pamphlet. You want to come after me? Then deny yourself and die to yourself. Take up your cross every single day. The promise of Jesus is that we'll actually find ourselves when we lose ourselves. John 15, 5 through 11. Jesus says, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. 
This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father's loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you'll remain in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. We have plans, ideas, and desires. You have an idea of what the good life looks like for you. And I just want to listen to his words again, fresh this morning. Apart from me, you can do nothing. The sobering reality is that apart from Jesus, we can do nothing that has eternal substance or value. You have a plan in your mind of what the good life looks like, and it may be like a long way off for you, but you're working the plan. You have an idea. You have a goal. And I just want to remind us this morning that Jesus has a plan and an idea for the good life for you as well. And our job is to exchange our ideas for his ideas. His idea isn't just to make us do a bunch of stuff. I love what Chris was leading us into worship with this morning. His plan isn't to exhaust us and break us down and make us feel like pack animals. He actually suffered all of that so that we wouldn't have to. And then he says, my burden is light. My yoke is easy. This is what he says of following after him. Also coupled with that, this fruitful life, this joy-filled life that he wants for you, the only way to obtain that, he says, is by obeying what he commands. And what he commands is that we follow, we deny, we die, and we remain. And repeat over and over again. Every day we wake up, and it is Groundhog's Day. We deny, we die, and then we remain to do it again the next day. We deny, and then we die, and then we remain to do it again the next day. And in this, Jesus promises us that we will have a fruitful life, that we will have a joy-filled life. Here's the reality for this, is that expectations are everything. Expectations are everything in life. You know this is true. You know this is true if you have a flaky friend. You know this is true if you have kids. You know this is true if you have a boss that seems to live on a different planet. What your expectations are, what you're expecting from people or, the, or life around you, it is extremely important. It's everything. I have come home often with a plan in my mind of what my life is going to look like when I walk through that door. And every woman that's in that house has an idea and a plan of what they think my life is going to look like too. And ain't none of them the same. What if I came home from work with an expectation that I would deny myself and lose myself. What if that was my expectation? I'm going to get railroaded, and I'm going to delight in it. What if my day started with the expectation, right out the gates, 
that I will not have what it takes to do what's in front of me if I don't stay connected to Jesus. What would your day look like if you walked into your classroom tomorrow just expecting that you were going to have to die to yourself and your desires? What would happen in your relationship if when you opened your mouth you just expected to prefer the other person in front of you? No matter what life brings to our doorstep, we can work the plan of Jesus in our life. We can do this. I can guarantee that no matter who's in office, how many shots we have to get, what's being taught in schools, or what the protocol is being laid out or asked of us, our future all holds massive opportunities to deny ourselves and to remain in Christ's love. That's what's ahead for us. You can always work the plan of Jesus in your life. It is historically, verifiably pandemic proof. Nothing can shake the plan and the command of Jesus. It has never been stopped. Communism, nationalism, tribalism, Marxism, racism, pestilence, plague, not even death could stop Jesus' plan. Nothing. I know you've got real concerns for the fall. I know you've got real concerns in front of you. What I'm telling you is if you stick with him, life is coming for you. And it cannot be taken or stolen from you. What shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all things we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, no height, nor depth, nor any other created things will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. No matter what season we are in, no matter what politicians are in, you still have to take up your cross daily deny yourself, and then choose to remain with Jesus to actually live life that is truly life. You might not remain in health this year. You might not remain in your job. Gavin may not remain in his office. You might not remain in that house. You might not remain in that school. You might remain in the tough situation that you find yourself in right now. But you can in every situation and every circumstance, remain in the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. And we do that by obeying His commands. They're not separate from each other. They are the lock and key together. We want to build a fruitful and joy-filled community here. This is what we're up to. This is what we want so badly. And the only surefire way to do that is to obey Jesus.